Thank you for listening to the Radiant Church Podcast. For more information, visit us at weareradiant.com. One more time, are you excited to be at Radiant Church today? I'm pumped that you're here. If I haven't had a chance to meet you, my name is Aaron Burke, and I'm the lead pastor here at Radiant Church. We are one church in multiple locations throughout Tampa Bay, and really people are joining us. It's so cool to see the reports of people that have just started attending Radiant during COVID uh, simply because somebody shared the message, and, and you've been part of our church family. We love you guys. You can jump into Next Steps today and be part of what God's doing here at Radiant. And- I'm so pumped about this brand new series we're doing called Psalm 23. So let me just tell you, if you ever went to seminary, they're going to teach you this that I'm going to teach you in the next 30 seconds, is that there's two ways to preach a sermon. Okay, the first way to preach a sermon is called topical. Say topical. Topical. All right, Dream Team, if I'm going to allow you in this room, you're going to talk back to me a little bit more, okay? All right, so you see these hands? All right, these are your hands. You, you can touch your own hands today, so you don't need to give anybody else a high five, but you can do this once in a while, and like, help me out, okay, so, all right, I'm just practicing, it's been 12 weeks, don't social distance from your own hands, okay, during this message, side note, all right, so, uh, there's topical preaching, topical preaching is you get a topic, and you find verses that support kind of the message, that's kind of mostly how I do it, it's how Jesus did it, and he always kind of, you know, would get a topic, and we'd bring in some Old Testament passages and preach off of that. But then there's another way of preaching. It's called expository. Say expository. All right, you'll never have to know that, but let me just teach it to you right now. Expository is not um, one topic, multiple verses. It's one passage, and there's multiple topics that you can pull out of that passage. So once a year or twice a year, I'll take a book or a chapter in the Bible, and I'll say that's our text for the next series, and we'll go verse by verse through it. And that's the series we're going to do right now. For the next four to six weeks, we're going to go through one of the most famous passages in all the Bible, Psalm 23. Now, you probably know Psalm 23 because it's quoted at a lot of funerals, but I actually think Psalm 23 is not made for funerals. It's actually made for living. It's made for you to experience true life in Christ, and I'm going to help you experience that life um, over these next few weeks as we go verse by verse through it. Now, when I study God's Word, and if I'm going to go verse by verse and go through a chapter, I'm going to find out a few things that are important to know. Now, the first one is I'm going to find out who the author is. So if you have your notes right there on the app, you can follow along. The author of our psalm, the psalms are, there's 150 of them. Not all of them are written by the same author, but this one is written by a guy by the name of David. So you can write that right in your notes. The author's name is David. You thought, you said, well, I thought God wrote it. Of course God wrote it. He inspired it through a person and his name is David. Now, I'm going to get the author, and I'm going to figure out, okay, what is his background? David is one of eight sons, and David lives in a town called Bethlehem. He's a shepherd, and at a young age, he's anointed as king over all of Israel. We know about David. He's famous because he fought a guy, a giant, by the name of Goliath. Very good. You're with me. First service, they didn't know it, so I had to reteach all of that story also. So David fights Goliath. He go on to find out he becomes the king over all of Israel, and then he writes this psalm and writes many psalms, and then I want to figure out where, why he wrote Psalm 23. Now people have always, I've always thought he wrote Psalm 23 as a little shepherd boy sitting on a hill watching the sheep, 
But actually, theologians look at this and realize David wrote this when he was older in life. There's a lot of statements that he makes in Psalm 23 that would show us that he wasn't a little boy at the time. So I'm going to look at the context and that actually they believe that Psalm 23 was written in one of David's most difficult seasons in his life. His son, by the name of Absalom, had kind of tried to take over the country It was divided. It's in civil war. David had ran for his life, and it's at a place that he's experiencing abandonment, frustration, anxiety, unknown. During all of this, theologians believe that he writes this. So you can write it down in your notes. The context is a season that's filled with anxiety and unknown. Sounds familiar, doesn't it? Look what you've lived through the last three months. A global health pandemic a financial crash, and mental health issues that are rampant, unknown fear that is overwhelming people right now. And now we're dealing with real racial tensions and protests. And I'm telling you, our world is filled with anxiety, filled with worry. There's never been a time that Psalm 23 is needed more than now. And he writes it to have this purpose. You're going to hear this every week for the next few weeks. You can write it on your notes. Here's the purpose of Psalm 23 is that Psalm 23 positions us to have strength in the midst of struggle. So I don't know what your struggle is today. If you have a health struggle, Psalm 23 is for you. You have a financial struggle, Psalm 23 is for you. You have a relational struggle, Psalm 23 is for you. You need this Psalm in your life, and we're gonna read it every single week out loud together. Now, I gotta preface this is that I know a lot of you guys were raised on different versions of the Bible. Some of you guys are like, KJV, you only know Psalm 23 and like the beautiful poetic one. And I hate to bring it to you today, we're not going to say it that way. Because I read the NIV because it's just the easiest for me to read, and it's what I always preach out of. So we're going to read it together the next four to six weeks through the NIV, and you're going to say it out loud with me. If you're watching online, which I got Facebook Live, I'm seeing your comments right here, right now. So why don't you follow along with us, put a good amen, put some, you know, if I say something good, just say, you preach it, pastor, you're getting in. I want to know that you're, you're with me. But let's say it out loud together. Ready? Psalm 23, verse 1. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Can I hear a good? Amen. All right, we're going to go on verse one today, and I want us to say it out loud together one more time. Ready? The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. Here's the title of the message, and you're going to hear it multiple times, and it's simply this statement. Ready? I have a shepherd. Why don't we say it together? Ready? I have a shepherd. If you're struggling, you feel like nobody's with you, I want to remind you today that like David, you have a shepherd. Now, this might not make a lot of sense to us today because many times um, we have no clue what a shepherd is. Like, that's not a career field that people follow today. Like, you don't go to ITT Tech 
and they go, okay, what do you want to be when you grow up? And you're like, a shepherd. Give me some sheep. Let me do this thing. Give me a hill. I'm ready to go. Like you didn't graduate from UT and go, okay, it's time to take on shepherding as my career. Like it's just not what you do. It's not the life that you live. But David compared the Lord to a shepherd because he had a lot of experience. We realize as the youngest of eight, I don't know if you're the youngest, any, any like the young, you're the youngest kid, like, like, didn't you get all the dirty jobs? Like you got all the ones that they would just, you know, push down to the youngest kid. As the youngest child, David becomes the shepherd. He's sitting there and the Bible talks about how he would watch the sheep and he would take care of the sheep. And David was like the best shepherd. We actually hear a story in the Bible where David is sitting there watching the sheep and he talks about how a day came where a lion and a bear came and carried off a sheep. Pause. I don't know what town you're living in that a lion and a bear are showing up on a regular basis. You move, my friend, you move. (laughs) It's just not where you stay, all right? So the lion and the bear came and they carried off the flock. And look what David did, because David understood the role of a shepherd. He says, I went after it. Remember, it in that statement is a lion or a bear. And he says, and I struck it and I rescued the sheep from its mouth. David is savage in the way that he's running this thing. Like this guy knows what's up. And he goes, and when it, look at this passage, when it, remember the lion or the bear, when it turned on me, I seized it by its hair and I struck it and I killed it. You don't mess with David, ladies and gentlemen. You don't mess with it. We think of these shepherds just sitting out there all kind of just like, you know, just writing poems. No, 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 David was like a beast at this thing. And let me just say the difference between Aaron Burke and David the shepherd. Because if the lion and the bear came after my sheep, how many know I don't have to run faster than a lion and a bear? I only have to run faster than those sheep. Can I hear a good amen? Let me tell you, I'm turning around to the lion. I'm going, here, let me offer one up to you. You want two of them? Just go for it. Because I didn't understand the responsibility of a shepherd. David knew that the way that the shepherd handled his sheep had little to do with who the sheep are, had a lot to do with the character of the shepherd. And he's saying to you, listen, no matter what you're going through today, I want to remind you, I am have a shepherd and if you feel discouraged you feel like you're in the mouth of a lion and there's no way out let me remind you you have a shepherd that'll come on your side that'll track that lion down and bring you into victory it's in the midst of the turmoil and the anxiety that david pins that famous phrase i the lord is my shepherd and here's the result of it i lack what nothing nothing I like nothing. Now, he could have said the Lord is a shepherd. He could have said the Lord is the shepherd. That would have been a great statement. But David understood why God came, why God, how God operates, and he knew something that you need to know today, that God operates in a way that is personal to you and to me. Remember, he came down, and he is a personal God who desires a personal relationship with us. 
So when he says this thing, he's not saying, hey, this is not to lord over you. This is not to sit there and bring religion into your life. Let me remind you, Christianity is about a relationship that we can have with God. So if you've got this messed up idea and, you know, the church just wants this and God just wants this and they don't want me happy, I, they don't want me to do whatever I want. Let me tell you, the purpose of all of this is not to get you to a church. It's not to get you give money. It's not even get you to serve on our dream team. The purpose in all of this is that you are created for a relationship with the God of the universe. And there's nothing better than knowing our God. There's nothing better. I love how Charles Spurgeon says it like this. It's a beautiful phrase. He says, a sheep is an object of property. It's not a wild animal. They don't do too well on their own. He says, its owner sets great store by it, and frequently it is bought with a great price. Radiant Church, let me remind you, you have been purchased with a great price. He did not come down with good wishes. He came down and put his son on the cross for you and for me. A great price was purchased for our salvation. And he says, it is well to know, as certainly David did, that we belong to the Lord and look at this. There is a noble tone of confidence about this sentence. There's no if or but or even I hope so. But what does David say? The Lord is my shepherd. Let me help you. When you walk out of it, whatever location you're in or when you tune off of this, uh, turn off this in a little bit on Facebook, you're going to have confidence to know everybody else might have rejected me, but my God has never rejected me. The government might not take care of me, but my God will take care of me. People might have abandoned me. God will never. He is a good shepherd. Now, if God is the shepherd, then he compares us to the sheep. All right. So look at this guy. Is that not the cutest thing in the world right there? So this is a, this is a little sheep. Um, I, call, I think we're calling him Pete the sheep, right? So that's what it's uh, like on social media. So this is, this is us. This is what the Bible compares God's people to, which, by the way, you are compared to a sheep over 200 times throughout the Bible. 200 times. Now, that would be okay except for the fact that sheep are pretty dumb animals. When you get to know about a sheep, you realize that's not a compliment. They're cute, and let me just say, you're cute, but you're just not too smart at times. And, and let me just say this, though. The only thing better is that they didn't compare us to cats. Amen? Like, that would be the... At least he compares us to a sheep. There's some kind of purpose to these animals, other than the cat idea. Okay, so... He compares this to a sheep, and, and here's, here's the thing. There's some tendencies about sheep that you have to understand because you'll never know God as your shepherd if you don't understand your tendencies as a sheep. So let me help you with them. I'll give you a few of them while in our few minutes that we have together today. Here's the first one. As sheep, we are prone to wander. So you might not understand this about sheep, but sheep are not really good at getting to a destination on their own. They don't have that instinct. They don't have that ability they kind of do whatever they want, and that's why a shepherd's role is constantly kind of directing them, pushing them back together, going, no, 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 stay in this. If you ever see sheep kind of in the wild, they're always kind of in a bunch because they understand if one of them wanders off, they'll all kind of wander off. They just, they're not really good at getting to the destination they need to get to. Now, I learned this by seeing a news story, and you're going to think I made it up, but it's totally true. The news story is that in Turkey, there was four shepherds that were overseeing about 1,500 sheep. That's a lot of sheep right there. 
And these four shepherds got together. They're like, hey, are you hungry? I'm hungry. This isn't like thousands of years ago. This is like in the last few years. They go, are you hungry? I'm hungry. How about we go to the local tavern and let's eat and uh, maybe have some drinks. And they go, what are you going to do with these sheep? They'll be fine. They'll, be, they'll eventually be fine. So what happens is they, they go to the local tavern. They start eating. They start to drink a little too much. And when they do that, they forget about the sheep. Well, the story goes that one sheep um, decided to wander off from the group. So that's this one. Started wandering off. And as he's wandering off, he doesn't realize there's a cliff. And he falls off the cliff and he dies. Sad, right? All right. So he's dead. So then sheep number two goes, well, he went over that way, walks over, falls off the cliff, and dies. Sheep number three follows it, and true story, after it's all said and done, 1,500 sheep are off the cliff. You don't believe me? Here's the new story. Turkish sheep die in mass jump. All right? Look at the fourth paragraph. More than 400 sheep died in the 15-meter fall, their bodies cushioning the fall of the 1,100 others who followed the sheep. How sad is that? It ended up costing the shepherds about 70,000 U.S. dollars in loss simply because they just wandered off. Listen up to me, Radiant Church. This is the tendency we all have. Isaiah 53 says it like this. We all like sheep have what? We've gone astray. What do we do? We go, man, that girl looks cute. I'll just write that one on Instagram. It's, it's our life. What is it? it you know, it's, it's only one time I'm going to try this thing off this ledge. What do we do? We all are prone to wander. And so what do, we, what do we have during this season? I'm so thankful because remember, in every bad tendency, remember the statement that we're making together, I have a shepherd. I have a shepherd. So let me remind you what, what we have when it comes to this relationship with the Lord. Here's the first one. It's I have a shepherd who rescues and redirects my life. This is in his character. Is that he, he, he rescues and he redirects. So when we've wandered off, he's, he's, the, he's the God who says this. Wouldn't a good shepherd leave the 99 and go find the one that's lost? So you're out there today and you go, well, nobody else cares about me. Uh, everybody's abandoning me. I want you to know God's been trying to get your attention for a long time. He's, been, he's a good shepherd. You probably have this shared on your Facebook right now, not by happenstance, but because you have a shepherd who's been trying to track you down. He wants to redirect your life, and he wants to say, okay, listen, you've been going that way. If you'll just turn around, if you'll just turn towards God, you'll find the destiny that God has for your life. It's not too late to be redirected towards the purposes and destiny that God has for your life. We have a good shepherd that does that. And Radiant Church, let me tell you how it feels a lot of the times. Because I've been doing this following Jesus now 20 years. And I'm telling you, there's been many times I've, I've done it my own way. And here's what God kindly does. He gets that little stuff. He kind of directs me. Hey, Aaron, don't do that. Don't send that message. Don't talk that way to your spouse. And he's constantly redirecting. And it feels like he's punishing me. Let me tell you, it feels like he's, it, it, sometimes it's uncomfortable, sometimes it hurts, but I wrote it down in my notes at four o'clock this morning as I was going over this. God's discipline is his way of directing us. 
So if you feel like God's always beating me up, it's because he wants to direct you towards something so much greater in your life. That temporary wandering, it's not going to lead you to the destiny that God has for you. But if you'll heed his correction, let the shepherd guide you, you'll get to the destiny that God has for your life. Come on, give him better praise than that. Amen. You're a good shepherd. Here's another one. As sheep, we are constantly attacked. I'm not going to attack this guy because he's so nice. So... Have you ever seen those videos? Um, it's like mantis versus spider. You know what I'm talking about? Like on YouTube or, or uh, uh, this is weird. I don't know why I'm just holding on to him, but he doesn't mind. Um, octopus versus shark. Like y'all seen those things? Okay. Nobody in this room. Okay. So they basically have them attacking each other. All right. Let me tell you what, how it looks. If it's sheep versus anything, the anything wins. Always. Like, this animal can't hurt anybody. Like, it's a defenseless animal. If you, and if you, like, the only thing they can do is kind of, like, run into you. But, like, a sheep will never get on its heel. It's like, let's fight. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> it looks, that would be awesome. But it just doesn't happen, right? So, so here's what it needs. It has to understand that it's constantly going to be attacked because it's real defenseless. And, and it's the same with your life. Here's what 1 Peter 5 says. 1 Peter says, be alert and of sober mind. Here's why. Because your enemy, remember for the, for, the, for the sheep, it's a lion or a bear or a wolf, but your enemy is the devil. And you have a real enemy. And what does he do? He prowls around like a roaring what? Like, I told you guys cats are demonic. Look at that. I told you. It's in the Bible right there. It's not Aaron. It's the Bible, okay? Looking for someone to devour. You have an enemy that's on your life. And let me just tell you this, Radiant Church, across every location. You have an enemy on your life, not because you're, you're so imper- um, you have so many issues and not because you're so weak. You have an enemy that has targeted your life, not because of your past, but because of the potential of your future. He, he knows. He, let me tell you, the enemy knows if you get through this COVID season, you're going to be stronger than you ever were before. You'll be greater than you'll ever be before. You'll have more faith than you've ever had before. No wonder he's attacking you so much. So what do we do? We, we lean into the fact that I have a shepherd. So when I'm feeling attacked, I remind myself, no, 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 I have a shepherd. I have a shepherd. And here's what a shepherd does. Second role of a shepherd, a shepherd who protects me. He protects me. So when the enemy comes in, I have a shepherd who takes on the personal responsibility to protect me. I was in India a couple years ago, and I was um, uh, doing some ministry, and it was during a season where they were having one of their big holidays. And in this holiday, a lot of people get drunk. It's kind of wild. And the city, like, shuts down. You shouldn't go out of your hotel, but I did. Okay, so I'm walking around the hotel. It's me and it's a buddy and it's a, uh, one of the local Indian pastors. He kind of guides us around. So we're walking through and he's like, hey, people talk to you. Don't talk to anybody. It's a crazy season. There, a lot of them are drunk. It's not a great time. We'll just walk right to a restaurant and then we'll come right back. So we're good. So we're walking on this sidewalk. It's kind of down this alley. And there's a group of like young adult guys coming our way. And you can tell they're messed up. They're, they're drunk. They're, they're up to no good. So they're walking my way, and I'm just like, it's fine. We're going to just go through. And they start trying to pick a fight with us. Now, I sized them up pretty quick. You know, and I'm I'm sitting there going, okay, I can definitely take that one, maybe that one and that one. You know, I'm having this moment. But then I'm thinking to myself, wait, wait, I'm a pastor. I'm a Christian. Katie will kill me if I get in a fight in India. 
it's not, it's kind of counterproductive to what I'm doing. So I was like, I'm not going to do this. So the, the situation was getting pretty heated and I was de-escalating it. I was trying to calm it all down. Finally, the guys, they got the hint, they calmed down, they kept walking. We went on our way. So I turned to my buddy. I was like, man, that's, that was crazy. I can't believe that one was got a fight in India. And these guys, they were all drunk. This would have been terrible. I would have gone to jail in India. That would have been a bad day. And I, then I went to turn to look for our pastor and I looked and he's gone. So I'm like, where's he at? Did you know? I don't know where he's at. So we look and we find him on the other side of the road and he's hidden behind a car on the other side of the road. So I go on the other side of the car. I'm like, Pastor, what are you doing? He's like, oh, I got scared. I'm so sorry. Like, you are our guide in this country. I don't even speak the language. You're going to let me be beat up by these guys and go to jail, and you're hiding right here. I needed somebody with me. And let me just tell you, if you're ever going through a season where you feel like you're getting beat up, you're being broken down, I want you to know our God is not a God that abandons you in your time of need. He is there to protect you. He is there to put his angels around you. He is a good shepherd. That's why Jesus himself describes, he says, I am the good shepherd. And here's what I do. I lay down my life for a sheep. That's what a good shepherd does. So if you feel like you're getting attacked, just lean into the fact that you have a good shepherd that is protecting you, which by the way, I believe during this COVID season over your finances, over your family, that's what I've been praying. God, bring protection over our church. And I don't know about you, I felt it. I felt it when, when, when there's attack all around me, there's something about God's people are protected. Why? Because he is my shepherd. I am his sheep and he is looking after me and he's looking after you too, church. That's the God that we serve. Our last one, the last one is simply this. As sheep, we need constant care. We need constant care. If you let a sheep go off by itself for a long time, here's the facts of what will happen. It will not be able to find food. Its hair will grow all crazy and it'll go well and it'll die. It cannot survive on it. It's not a wild animal that just thrives on its own. No, a sheep, a sheep only survive under the care of a shepherd. So let me just say it this way. The, the level that you thrive as a sheep depends on the quality of the shepherd you have in your life. So if you feel like, Aaron, I'm never getting ahead, it's probably because you might be your own shepherd or you might have put your trust in things that will always let you down. They can't care for you. I don't know if you realize it, the, gov the government can't care for you the way you need to be cared for. Your friends and family, they can't care for you the way that you need to be cared for. I don't know what you, I can't care for myself the way I think I need to be cared for but that we were never created to. Because remember what David said? In the midst of a season where his family had turned on him, civil war, he's in a place of anxiety and worry. What does David declare? The Lord is my shepherd. And how does he back it up? He goes, here's the response of God being my shepherd. I lack nothing, nothing. I understand that the quality of me as a sheep being taken care of is sufficient because the level of my shepherd and he will take care and he promises to take care of all of my needs according to his riches and his glory. So I wanna remind you today, I have a shepherd. I have a shepherd and here's what a shepherd does. I have a shepherd who provides all of my needs. And I don't know what your struggle with with today and where you feel like you're in lack, but I wanted to remind you, 
You have a shepherd who will provide all your needs. Notice I didn't say your wants. I said your needs. He knows what you need in this season. David, at the lowest points of his life, he writes these words that we need to hang on to because a lot of you guys are at the lowest point of your life right now. You're in a struggle. You don't know what the future holds. And I just want you to know, you can literally sit in this service and right there while you're watching online and you can experience peace in your soul like David experienced during that moment because you have a shepherd that'll provide all your needs. And look what he had. He said, I don't, I like nothing. What is that? I have contentment. I have contentment. And here's what happens. And what I've realized about contentment, I learned this from my kids. Because my kids, um, they, they might finish a box of cereal and they're not in worry because the box of cereal ends. Because they understand the source of that cereal. That, that it's, it's, their hope is not in the cereal, their hope is in the source. And the same thing with your life. Your contentment comes not from what we have, but whom we have in our lives. And when I think of it and go, well, I don't know what's going to happen next month. And I don't know what this future holds. That is okay because my contentment and the fact that I lack nothing is not in what I have. It's in whom I have. That I have a shepherd that promises no matter what is going on around me, he will take care of me. He will comfort me. He will protect me. And he will provide for me. So you don't have to worry. I heard this quote the other day. Last quote. I'm, I'm promise you I'm done is that worry is dealing with tomorrow's problem on today's pasture. That's a good one right there. And you know what that shows me? There's so many people, you have food in your belly today, and yet you're worried about your meals for tomorrow. And God said, listen, I've provided for you today. Just, Just enjoy the pasture today. Like, enjoy the friendships, enjoy the thing. Well, what about the future? I don't know what the future holds, but I know who holds the future, and he is a good shepherd, and he promises to take care of those problems when they come, just like he took care of every other problem that came before us. Let's stand to our feet across every location and put our hope and put our trust and put our joy in the fact that I have a shepherd. He is for us. He is with us. He is providing for us. Come on, let's give him praise today. the peace that only comes by having the Lord as your shepherd. You're a follower of Jesus. Just just thank him. Thank him that he saved you. Thank him that he's provided for you. Thank him that he's protected you. You have no clue the protection that he's put on your life right now. You should have been dead by now, but you had a good shepherd. 
You, you shouldn't have been able to pay your bills, but you had a good shepherd looking after you. Come on, let's, let's walk in gratitude during this season. We just thank you, God. We thank you that you have you as our shepherd. Let us continue to put our trust and hope in you, God. When times are uncertain, we remember the Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. Everybody else that's watching, and you sit there and you go, Aaron, I don't have that peace. I don't, I don't have that relationship with God. I'll tell you why you don't have that relationship with God. Because the Bible is very clear that sin separates us from God. So you're created for this relationship, but we, the Bible says, like sheep have gone astray. We've done our own thing, that's called sin. And either he is Lord of your life or you're Lord of your life. And he won't allow both. So what do we do? We have to make a decision to say, you know what, I'm giving up control. I'm turning from my ways, and I'm turning to God's ways. We have to, the Bible calls that repentance. We have to say, God, I'm, I'm going to turn my life over to you. I've been going in my own path. I'm going to give my life to you. And I believe today is a day where there's been a lot of sheep that have gone astray, and they're, they're being corrected. The Holy Spirit's pouring your life and say, now it's time to come to that relationship with God. How do we do it? We confess our sins. We confess our need for a Savior. You can do it right there in your home while you're watching this. You can make a simple yet significant decision to give Jesus your entire life and to be your shepherd. Let's do it today. If that's you, just pray this prayer out loud at every location. Why don't you help me? Let's say it out loud together. Say, Dear Jesus, today I give you my life, my past, my present, and my future. I turn from my ways and I follow you. Be my Lord and be my Savior. Forgive my sins. Jesus, be my shepherd. I will follow you for the rest of my life. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody that believes it says, come on, can we celebrate those that just made that decision? Here's what I want you to do. You just made that decision right there on Church Online. You can make sure we know. You can click the button that says, I've committed my life to the Lord. Or right here on YouTube, Facebook. Write us. Let us know who you are. We want to help you take some next steps. It's not the end. It's just the beginning of what God wants to do in your life. Thank you for listening to the Radiant Church Podcast. For service times or giving options, visit us at weareradiant.com.